Hello and welcome to The Bunker with me, Chris Jones. Now, Sir Keir Starmer was in Leith not long ago because, let's face it, where else would he be? And it was there where he launched the Labour Party's new green energy strategy. And you might have heard him say this. I'm delighted to be here in Leith to launch the Labour Party's national mission on clean energy. The biggest opportunity we've had in decades to make the country work for working people. We can cut bills, create jobs and provide energy security for Britain. Half a million new jobs will power us forwards towards net zero, end the suffocating cost of living crisis with cheaper bills and clean electricity by 2030. Well, it all sounds bloody lovely, doesn't it? Finally, an answer to all of our problems, right? Well... There's a but, and it's a pretty massive but as well. How does Labour plan to realistically make all of this happen? And how much can we trust Labour on green policies, especially after its U-turn on its $28 billion pledge on green tech? Well, joining me now to explain this is Luke Murphy, Associate Director for Energy, Climate, Housing and Infrastructure at the Institute for Public Policy Research. Thanks for joining me, Luke. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for uh, having me on. Let's just dive straight in, shall we? You were there. I think I saw you post some uh, pictures on, on Twitter, where you certainly saw it anyway. Just for normal people, for idiots like me, explain what came from that announcement, what Sir Keir Starmer actually said. So what Keir Starmer and the Labour Party uh, announced was uh, an ambitious uh, target to achieve a clean energy system, a clean power system by 2030. So essentially meaning that all of the power uh, that we source will uh, come from uh, renewable energy or or zero carbon energy by 2030. Uh, They announced a a few kind of parts of that, as well as the overall ambition. Um, Firstly, was that they would create this new organisation called Great British Energy, which would be a publicly operated electricity operator, uh, which would seek to produce uh, clean energy, working in partnership with the private sector. Uh, they announced the what they've called a British jobs bonus to ensure that uh, there were good high skill energy jobs created across the country uh, and also uh, that they would clear away planning rules uh, and ensure that co- local communities benefit from cheaper, uh, greener energy in future as well. And why is it so ambitious? What is it that makes it ambitious? Well, I, th- I think the 2030 target is is extremely ambitious in itself. The, the current government has a 2035 target, and we're not on course to meet that. And the, the, the you know the reasons why we're not include a lack of investment, uh, a lack of focus on some of the key barriers, and those barriers include. Uh, the planning system at the moment, it's just it just takes simply too long to bring uh, new clean energy online. Uh, our grid needs a serious upgrade at the moment. It takes too long to connect new energy infrastructure to the grid. We also don't have the, the skills that we need. So all these barriers will exist uh, if there is uh, a new Labour government after the next election and they have uh, a more ambitious timeline. That being said, it, we would argue that it's absolutely necessary. We're, we're in a kind of global green race to net zero. We've got the United States uh, introducing the largest climate bill in terms of investment uh, in US and world history. We've got the European Union responding as well. But we also don't want the UK to lose out in terms of the economic benefits and the jobs. That's why uh, an ambitious target is necessary and why it was so welcome to see the Labour Party committing to that a few weeks ago. 
I just want to take a little bit of a, of a step back, really. And I was reading through uh, what the Labour Party was putting out on its website, and it makes uh, this claim, which is the only way to cut energy bills for good and deliver energy security is to shift decisively to clean, homegrown, low-carbon power. How does Labour do that? It all sounds easier said than done, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone should claim that this is easy. It, it needs, as I said, concerted strategy. It needs investment. It needs the political will. So it's really central. But in terms of how it's done, that one of the reasons why it's going to end up in cheap, with cheaper bills, onshore wind is the cheapest form of power that we can access. It's also the quickest uh, and it's also incredibly popular. But at the moment, the government has a de facto ban uh, on new onshore wind. So the Labour Party has talked about clearing away that ban and providing the investment. Uh, Something that you've already mentioned, and that's uh, this uh, establishment of of GB Energy, which uh, the Labour Party uh, describes as a new homegrown, publicly owned champion in clean energy generation. What would this look like and and, and how exactly, uh, from your understanding, would this work and would it work? I think, I mean, firstly, I think it would work. So what what is GB Energy? This is a proposal by the Labour Party to set set up a a publicly owned and run um, institution that that will uh, help produce energy within the UK. Now, we, we already... Uh, see a significant proportion of our renewable energy um, production is owned uh, by the state. It just happens to be owned by foreign governments. So I think it's over 40% of some of our offshore wind is owned uh, by uh, foreign state actors. And what does that mean? Uh, We've already talked about how much cheaper um, clean energy here is here in the UK. But at the moment, uh, any profits that that are being made are being seen by bill payers, but they're being seen by bill payers in France uh, and in other countries. So the idea behind GB Energy is to ensure, firstly, that some of those benefits uh, that accrue from building these wind farms do accrue to uh, the UK and the UK economy, and that they are passed on to UK uh, taxpayer and bill payer. Um, But also, secondly, in order to achieve that clean power uh, by 2030 target, Labour's also saying that GB Energy will play a crucial role in driving forward the rollout and accelerating the rollout of all the forms of renewable and clean energy that we need. So onshore wind, offshore wind, tidal, hydrogen, uh, carbon capture and storage, and that it will play a crucial role in doing that. Of course, and the Labour Party has talked about this, it will need to work crucially in partnership with the private sector. But those are really the two central things. How do you ensure that the benefits of this transition come to uh, UK bill payers, taxpayers and the broader UK economy? And also, how do we accelerate the rollout of onshore and offshore wind and all the other forms of clean power? And that needs to be at the heart of the agenda. And as we've already discussed, not just for climate reasons, but also because this is uh, potentially a big part of the UK's growth strategy for this century and, and the way of kind of paying for our public services uh, and increased wages. That's the way to create jobs we've already talked about, but also to lower to lower bills. I don't think anyone wants to see uh, household bills rise in the way in which we have over the last two years because of our dependence on fossil fuels and on in Russia and Putin. Um, it isn't, I think it's important to say it's not going to bring down bills you know, in the short term, this is a medium to long term strategy. But the truth is, we've seen massive falls in the costs of renewable energy over the last 10 years, 
far more than even the most optimistic commentators thought. So it's not just an environmental story. This is an economic story. Yeah, I think you said there that this isn't going to instantly bring down uh, energy bills for normal people. With that in mind, do you think it's going to be hard for uh, the Labour Party to to get uh, the electorate on board with this? I don't think so. I think there's actually an electoral opportunity for any party that puts this front and centre. I think, first of all, I mean, you're absolutely right and rightly, cost of living is the front and centre of most people's minds. But our energy bills wouldn't be anywhere near as high as they are if the government had already invested in an energy efficiency programme to, to, to bring down bills over the last decade. The truth is, this is popular because it will bring down bills. But it is also an issue that the public care about uh, deeply in its own right. It's remained consistently in the public's top five uh, issues of concerns consistently for the past few years, and it remains so, even if cost of living is now uh, the top uh, concern. And quite often in our work, when we talk to the public, the public want to go further and faster uh, than many politicians uh, are arguing for. But what, what they do want to see is the right support in place for them and businesses to go green, and that's what the government should be uh, focused on doing. Yeah, and you mentioned not getting left behind. Is that one of the biggest sentiments as to why the Labour Party has brought this green energy forward? Because it doesn't want the UK to get left behind in terms of green energy strategy. And as it seems at the moment with the current Conservative uh, Party government, we are falling behind. Yeah, I I think that's right. As I said, you know, President Biden in the United States has introduced what's called the Inflation Reduction Act. The official estimate of the size of the investment that they're making in the United States is around half a trillion dollars. But actually, the subsidies that they're they're, they're going to be providing to clean energy uh, companies, for clean transport, for clean infrastructure, uh, it could be uh, up to 1.2 trillion. And the, the important thing about it is they're providing certainty out to 10, 15, 20 years. And at the moment in the UK, we can't give certainty for kind of two, three years for some of our programmes. We all know that the world needs to transition to net zero. We know that that's going to create lots of opportunities, as I said, in clean energy and clean transport, in adapting our homes, lots of jobs in manufacture and installation. Uh, And at the moment, the UK doesn't have the commitment, the investment in place, or the structures really do risk getting left behind. Indeed, the, the government's own independent climate advisor last week warned that we weren't making enough progress domestically and that we, we'd lost our leadership role on climate globally. As part of these pledges, the Labour Party has promised 500,000 jobs with this green energy strategy. Over the past 13 years, we've had a lot of experience of jobs being promised and then not delivered upon. So how important is it for the Labour Party to come good on uh, the promise of these 500,000 jobs? I think, firstly, I think we have to learn from the past. And what we've seen in the past in the UK in transitions like this, for instance, the closure of the coal mines, is that uh, not enough support was put in place uh, to to create alternative jobs. Uh, The communities uh, that depended on those industries uh, were ultimately left behind. And we've seen scars of that last uh, four generations in terms of uh, higher unemployment, lack of investment and lack of opportunities. So it's really crucial. Now, how can we ensure that we do that? I think the thing that's been lacking in the past is that too often we've thought about environment policy solely as environment policy. So we've just thought about reducing 
our emissions. Our offshore wind industry or in offshore wind is somewhat of a success story environmentally because of the the, the amount we've managed to roll out and the emissions reductions we've achieved over the last 10, 15 years. That being said, we've not achieved the same in terms of uh, the economic benefit, the jobs that we've created, because we haven't had what we call kind of an active industrial strategy focused on the industry to ensure that the goods and product that make up that offshore wind industry are made here uh, in Britain. So what we're arguing for, and, and we're pleased to see the, uh, the Labour Party commit uh, to this, is that active industrial strategy planning through not just how do we reduce the emissions, but how do you ensure that the right investment framework regulations are put in place and incentives and the right partnership with business is put in place to ensure that the jobs are created here in the UK uh, and that we see the benefit in the right places. And we know, actually, we've seen it in the US uh, where they've introduced the Inflation Reduction Act. The, The vast majority of the new jobs created are in those areas with carbon intensive industries that are going to be transitioning. The key message is it's not going to happen by accident. You do need proper planning and policy to ensure that those jobs are realised and crucially that they're high quality uh, and well paid as well. So I want to just uh, switch tack. What about the other political parties in the UK? For example, uh, you know, the Conservatives have a list of five key priorities uh, and green energy doesn't seem to feature in that. Do you think that Labour have seen that other political parties perhaps aren't taking the focus that they need to take on green energy going forward into the future and have used that to uh, appeal to more young people, perhaps, who perhaps have uh, the environment and the climate at the front of their mind when it comes uh, to voting at the next general election? I mean, I think we would certainly argue that there, there is a political opportunity for any political party that chooses to put uh, the uh, tackling climate change. I think one of the, the big things in the UK that we've always really valued is that there's been a really good cross-party consensus on the need to address and tackle climate change. That's not something we would want to lose. Um, I think we have seen an unfortunate downgrade by the current government uh, in terms of the priority given to, 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 to addressing climate change. Uh, and it's not just us that's been saying that. You've seen Lord Deben, as I already mentioned, who's the head of the, the Independent uh, Climate Change Committee, who uh, is a former Conservative peer, uh, has argued that the government hasn't been putting, uh, the Conservative government hasn't put enough focus on it. You've recently seen Zach Goldsmith, uh, who was a minister in the uh, Environment Department, resign, saying that the government isn't putting climate and nature at the heart of its agenda. And you've also seen the former Prime Minister, Theresa May, uh, pointing out that that in a similar way. And I think the public will notice, as I, as I said earlier, this is an issue that they care about. Luke, I, I want to end on a positive note here. How much of a, a realistic step forward uh, do you see this commitment from Labour leading up to the next uh, general election? For example, the, the, the Tory government as it is now isn't quite achieving the goals that it uh, set out uh, under the Paris Agreement and people are taking notice of that. So should this strategy that's been put forward by Sir Keir Starmer and Leith really give people hope that politics is shifting to a greater focus on climate? I'd argue that it would. The ambition is there. The clean energy uh, power target uh, by 2030 is is very ambitious. 
the Labour Party's commitment to increase investment by an additional £28 billion by the second half of the next parliament uh, 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 is also extremely ambitious. And I think we should just, you know, we need we need to take it back to what that kind of leadership and ambition could actually deliver. It will lower energy bills. It can create uh, jobs and, uh, uh, and prosperity across the country and enable us to become more energy secure and not reliant uh, on dictators like Putin. And finally, um, and for many, this is incredibly important, obviously, is that it will help tackle climate change and ultimately leave a better planet for future generations. Uh, you talked about younger people earlier, which is something that kind of actually everyone wants, older voters, younger voters, whoever you are, whatever part of the UK you're from, the vast majority of people want to see us leaving a better planet for their children and grandchildren. At the moment, we're not on course for that. And these kind of ambitious policies would set us much more on course to, to do that, as well as delivering the other the other benefits we've talked about as well. Yeah, well, let's hope that the Labour Party can deliver on these uh, pledges that it's put forward to create a better future for us all, as you said. Luke, thanks for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. Listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, we've got over a thousand more just as interesting wherever you download your podcasts. And we want to make loads more. So why not back us on Patreon? Just search for The Bunker Podcast and drop us a few quid so we can keep the conversation going. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Jones reporting from The Bunker. Bunker was presented by Chris Jones. Managing editor Jacob Jarvis, group editor Andrew Harrison, and our music was by Kenny Dickinson. Audio production was by me, Robin Lieber, and The Bunker is a Podmasters production.